So from uh, visitation following mom's plan, went on to Quigley South, Quigley Preparatory Seminary South. Spent three years down there following my older brother's footsteps. He went on to Niles College. I met girls about sophomore year and realized my girls were pretty good things. So I think mom saw her second ticket kind of going up in smoke there. But that was kind of the, the basis for my faith. By the time we moved out to Mount Prospect, I was a junior in high school, but the faith had really been pretty well established to me by that point. And I was very grounded in the Catholic religion. And uh, fast forward quickly to, to college, that's where I met my wife Mary. We've been married first years here at St. Paul for over 32 years as a couple. She has several more years on me as an individual because she grew up here. But most of her early years at St. Paul at the Cross. But as far as profession goes, you know, everything I do is pretty well based on sound science. We don't have the life and death situations that a lot of physicians are faced with. And we don't have the moral consequences to debate, too. So for me, it's fairly easy. Growing up, we learned the golden rule. You do unto others as you have them do unto you. Uh, the words of our faith, you know, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. So you kind of carry that forward. And in dental school, I was blessed to have some great faculty members, very professional individuals, physicians and dentists. But they always taught us, remember that whatever's at the end of that anatomical structure you're treating is a living, breathing patient with a beating heart and a life form who's scared out of their wits and they've put all their faith and trust in you. And don't ever forget that. And always do the best you can. So, so we try and treat all of our patients that way in our office. And I've tried to do that through people that we meet throughout our life too. So professionally, I was trying to think of uh, some different instances that are challenges and sort of ethical challenges where a patient may say, can you build my insurance next year or can you put this on my wife's insurance? And we tell them, well, I can't risk my license to do that and you don't want to lose your insurance benefits either. They quickly get the message and that pretty well dispels that part of it. But we have had patients over the years. And when I first got out of dental school, worked in a multiple of different dental practices different sizes and different experiences. One of them, the staff members were very young, uh, just out of high school, can be somewhat catty sometimes. And there was a patient, uh, we'll call her Margaret, just to keep names, names safe and uh, protected there. She's long since passed away. But she was one who come into the office, very loud, could tell things weren't quite right with her. Uh, her personal hygiene wasn't the best, the staff would kind of snicker because I was the new kid in the office, she was assigned to me. And I got to know her pretty well over the years we treated her and learned her life story, which you know, when she was young, she lost a child at an early age. Because of that, her marriage fell apart. She had a nervous breakdown. Her husband took the kids. She never saw them again. So her self-esteem was about as low as you could possibly get to. And uh, I got to know her pretty well. The staff, I think, through my example, I hope, and through my words, learned to treat her as an individual, learned her story, and learned to really respect her and feel for her. Uh, so that was one example. Another one was in the office one day, and a patient was telling me his father-in-law just come home from the hospital, had surgery, and he was on blood thinners, had a very, very serious reaction. Because of that reaction, he wound up losing his legs. Couldn't get out of the house anymore, and he was having some dental problems and said, do you know somebody who makes house calls? Well, with his medical history, his other issues, uh, I didn't know anybody who made house calls at that point in time. I was new in the practice myself. So I talked to some people downtown at the Chicago Dental Society, 
And they said, well, nobody really is listed who does house calls in Chicago, but there is a van that if you contact them, we've just helped to fund them. It's like a portable office on wheels. And most of you who've been in dental offices know our equipment is fairly big, fairly heavy. You can't just put a little black bag and go do a house call with it. So we made arrangements. I went to the house, treated the individual, and things worked out very nicely for both of us for the period of time he had left, which was fairly short. Another instance where I think the spirit did help a lot uh, was a gentleman who was referred to us through social services here at St. Paul came to the office. He had been to several offices over just a very short period of time. He had been a World War II vet, and his gun had been fired on him during the war, lost all of his upper front teeth and his lower front teeth, and he had a denture made back by the VA many, many years ago. Since that point in time, it didn't fit very well. It had broken. The VA had lost his records, and so therefore, you know, we can't prove you were here. Sorry, you have to find it somewhere else. So he went from office to office, had a lot of issues in the family. His wife was undergoing chemotherapy and radiation for cancer, didn't have a lot of money to spend. Someone said, explain to him what we could possibly do for him. And he said, gee, doc, I'd love to, but don't have any money. And, you know, being my dad being a World War II vet, Mary's dad being a vet, we knew the sacrifices. You know, these guys were willing to put their life on the line so that we could be here today. So he said, let me get back to you. So I called up a few colleagues. Uh, very fortunate that a lot of the surgeons I work with and some of the other specialists are also good Catholic guys too. Went through Catholic high school and the whole works. So called them up, explained the situation, how, how much need this fellow had and uh, what his resources were. And the first words out of their mouth were, what can I do to help? So together we put together surgeons to take care of the grafting he needed done, extractions he needed to have done, and did honestly do some pretty difficult root canals for him. And then we did the, the rest of his teeth for him, so it worked out well there too. The last little vignette of uh, the spirit kind of working in strange ways. Our daughter had her wisdom teeth out, oh, the summer before, about junior year of college, probably. And she was working a job up outside of Madison where she went to school. So during the summertime, got wisdom teeth out. There was a little defect in the back of one of her second molars because of uh, pressure of the wisdom tooth. And we couldn't treat it right away because you have the surgery, the bone needs to heal, the tissue has to heal. So I said, we'll get it in about six or eight weeks when you come back for Thanksgiving. So we, she was back for that week, and as you know, most college kids have their life planned out for it to the minute while they're home. So after church on Sunday, I said, Katie, while you're here, we're going to fix this. And she said, Dad, I have a meeting I have to be at. I have to leave by this time and no later. So I said, fine, not a problem. So after church, after lunch, went to the office. Minor little thing, it's like C-spot run dentistry. A tiny little hole, you just put some undercuts in to hold the filling, hop it in, no problem. Did that, smoothed it off to make it nice and smooth for her, filling fell out. And keep in mind, it's only about the size of a head of a pin. So we did it again. Again, it popped out. Four or five times, and finally, I started to say, okay, you can do it, sweetheart, in the mirror. Um, finally got it to go in, no problem. She dropped me off at home, headed off to Madison. It normally takes her about two hours and 15 minutes to get back to school. But that day she called us about 90 minutes later and said, I'm stuck in traffic on I-90, about 20 minutes south of Madison. And uh, so traffic is just dead stop and nobody is going in the opposite way. 
So I said, it must have been a bad accident. She said, well, I'll check and see. She called us back about 10 minutes later and uh, said, you're right, there was an accident. 10 minutes ahead, it was a fatal accident. A car traveling south, lost a wheel, bounced across the center lane, hit a car, killed a mother and a daughter, drove back to Madison. So I thought she was going to say, it's all your fault, I'm late, Dad. But it, uh, it hit us all at the same time. That 10 minutes took to get that filling back through her tooth. She would have been in that spot at that point in time. So God does work in strange ways. So those are some of the things we deal with, little ways here and there. We have a lot of people I see here that I recognize. Nice to see friendly faces. They can recognize me without the mask. One thing that Jeff asked us to do, too, was to kind of leave you with a few nuggets of uh, things that might help you in your life. So we'll take it from the dental standpoint. Last month I had the privilege of doing a presentation at Resurrection Hospital for the nursing staff for the Paris nurses. And uh, one of my patients is on the staff there and said, Dan, can you do an update on oral health and systemic health? So I'll tell you what we'll do. We know nowadays that hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis, is really an inflammatory disease. It's more inflammatory than just the cholesterol building up in your arteries. Periodontal disease starts off as an infection. If you don't treat it, it leads to inflammation. The bacteria gets into your bloodstream and further antagonizes that inflammatory reaction. It leads to bone loss, tissue recession, and you start having other issues here, but systemically it starts to spread through your system too and cause issues. The surface area of the gum tissue is about the size of the palm of your hand. So you can imagine if you have a festering infection on your hand, what that would do to you and how concerned you'd be. But most people don't think of it because they can't see it. So if it's uncontrolled, you have billions to trillions, you know the numbers that we're talking about from the buckets of trillions of organisms in the gum tissue pockets. So if you don't treat that, you're going to wipe up some serious problems. Smokers have seven times more likely to have gum disease. <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking all my time. Usually it's a short three-minute reading. Diabetics are three times more likely to have gum disease. If you're diabetic and obese, it's going to really advance on you. So the best thing you can do, prevention, see your dentist twice a year. If you have gum disease, see them more often. Brush two to three times each day and floss once every day. That's it. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for your time. Does anybody have any questions? Oh, I swallow. It's Marianne. Did a bro brother end up being a priest? No. Oh, none of them? <laughs> no, my older brother went down to Niles College, which was located right here at Tuley right. in Harlem. But about his junior year of that program, he decided his career was somewhere else, too. So didn't have the calling either. And by the time my family moved, my younger brother then went to a, a grammar school, a parochial grammar school, and he had no further Catholic upbringing or training in the Catholic high school, so that was out for him, too. Uh, which uh, dental school did you go to? Went to the School of Dental Medicine at Southern Illinois University down near St. Louis. It's down based out of the Edwardsville campus, and SIU is a very political school. Everywhere from Springfield south, you'll find an SIU campus, probably in every town in the state, depending on which state center had power and money at the time. Uh, we were affiliated with the nursing school, which was in Edwardsville. The dental hygiene school was down in Carbondale, 110 miles away. Go figure. 
And we had the nursing school with us, but the medical school was up in Springfield. And then they had campuses at Scott Air Force Base and every little town you went into. And the uh, campus we were based out of Edwardsville, at that time was a commuter campus, had about 25,000 students. Most of them just drove into town. There were very few dorms on the campus. Now it's about 40,000 students. They have a pharmacy school. They have a beautiful business school. It's expanded tremendously. Um, but at the time I was there, was I was in the fifth graduating class from Southern. It was built on a campus of an old community college, basically. And uh, the faculty that we had came from Penn, a couple from Stanford, and a couple from Harvard. And their whole philosophy at that time was to really give you a good background of the full human anatomy and physiology. And now you compartmentalize everything in medicine today, and you see the you know, dermatologist for your skin, podiatrist for your feet, but we tend to forget we're all one human organism, and all these systems are so intricately connected, and one has an effect on the other, that uh, really need to see the person as an entire human being, not just a little section that we deal with day to day. Anything else? Thank you very much, Jeff, thank you. Thank you.